0: Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new episode of the Locked Down Podcast with Kayla Williams and Taylor Parsons. Cybersecurity encompasses so many facets of business risk. Wrapping your head around it can be overwhelming and stressful. Join us to learn how to tie cybersecurity strategy to overall corporate objectives and best business practices while gaining an understanding of technical and non-technical approaches to security and privacy, regardless of tenure in the field. Knowledge is power. Now more than ever.
1: Podcast. We are live at RSA here in San Francisco, California. Windy, as always. I don't know why Chicago's a windy city. San Francisco definitely takes that. Takes for that. Hey, Taylor, come say hi. Hey, everyone. <laughs> and we are here with...
2: Nice to meet you. Yes,
1: thank you for, for joining us today. We are here to talk about vulnerability management. Could you give us a little bit about your
2: background? Uh, so background of myself, I'm the CEO of Product Management. In the security industry for the past 20 years I ended off my you career know, when Micro moved on to a close cousin of security which is networking uh, <laughs> yeah, at AeroHide Networks after AeroHide Networks went public a few of us started working on IoT security uh, Zingbox that was the first IoT security solution that was eventually acquired by Palo Alto Networks and after several years at Palo Alto I decided to move on and take on a new challenge and Vinka it is it's uh, a phenomenal the problem statement that we are solving for our customers essentially focused on the vulnerability management and risk prioritization.
3: So I, I know obviously Kayla's gonna love that risk word, right? And I think I think vulnerability management is a, a really broad term that in the industry we have labeled a lot of products, a lot of situations as vulnerability mitigation, vulnerability management. Just from your perspective, give us a,
2: a quick 15 second blurb of what you really think vulnerability management is. Certainly, you're absolutely right. The term vulnerability has been used a little too much. Uh, in the past, it was used in the context of vulnerability scanners, the ones, the tools that could identify you know, an exposure for you and mostly CVE exposure, right? Um, however, over the past several years, that term has evolved. Vulnerability now today is not just and uh, detection from a scanner but it is also about an exposure a non-cve based exposure it could be misconfigurations in the cloud uh, lack of uh, you know security controls or compliance uh, gaps that you might identify each one of these happen to be a vulnerability you're absolutely right the definition of the term has to evolve Um, uh, exposure is probably a a better way to articulate that than the vulnerability absolutely Uh, exposure
3: Exposure is one of those words uh, that I know, I'm sure Kayla is a CISO, when she hears something's exposed, she gets a a little bothered, right? But I I don't think all exposure is negative. I think there's acceptable risk, and there's acceptable risk within certain compliance frameworks. So Kayla, I'd love to hear your thought. Where do you see vulnerability management or vulnerability exposure as as a line item under the CISO?
1: vulnerability exposure becomes a line item underneath the the CISOs roles and responsibilities when I start to talk about risk acceptance and risk management and the transparency around what that actually means. I do not like to make a decision on what risks we're going to accept in a vacuum. I want to make sure that I am able to provide the right data to the decision makers in the company to say hey we have this critical or high risk that we can't address right now for any number of reasons, of course, could be resource, could be spend-wise, we don't have the right tools in place, or there's no patch available from a vendor, et cetera. And I wanna make sure that everyone around me is aware that's the case. And if someone says, well, no, that's not acceptable, then what do we do? How do we fix it? That most likely will be stopping that process and moving somewhere else.
2: Kelly, actually, you brought up a very interesting point there. Most of the times, what has happened in the industry is uh, point products have been deployed to protect uh, different asset types, whether it was your traditional IT infrastructure, the modern cloud infrastructure, or containers, or IoT devices. Each one of uh, these uh, asset types demands a specialized security tool. However, when we are really talking about risk acceptance, it really has to blend into a unified risk view of an organization. And how do you really do that? Your tools like Brinka allow our customers to understand what the exposure is, but then enrich that data, because that's just raw security data, with business context, which allows you and your business unit owners to really make that final judgment in terms of whether this risk is acceptable for me or not. Could I push this uh, fix a month down the road or three months down the road and work on some high priority items right now? Yeah, absolutely.
1: That business context will change. That's, it will never be stagnant. It's gonna change as your company evolves and something that's risky today may not
3: be and vice versa, absolutely. Yeah, so from a technical perspective, I see exposure, right? I want to fix it. That's the first thing that comes to mind. It's exposed or it's misconfigured or it's potentially vulnerable. My, my immediate reaction is to fix it because I, I rely on my technical powers to try and stop the guys. right? But where where do you see that messaging from the technical teams to like executive leadership, even project
2: stakeholders when you're doing
3: tool implementation or or doing internal projects?
2: Uh, See, that's a really great question. In the past, uh, if you just uh, rolled the the clock a decade ago, uh, that's exactly what was happening, right? Vulnerability scanners were identifying these uh, gaps and each one of those gaps was getting fixed. When you have millions of vulnerabilities thrown your way, it's just not humanly possible to patch them all. What do you do at that time? You need to prioritize. How do you prioritize that? So you need to have not just the raw security data because the security data is going to identify a vulnerability in your network versus my network the same way exactly. CVSS 5, here it is, right? But what do you do with it? You have to have that business context now to distill down 50 million vulnerabilities or findings to something that is more actionable by the team right now, which is where the need of the day is really. It's not unheard of for our customers to really deal with 50 million, 70 million vulnerabilities of findings you know, collectively. That's a lot.
1: That is a lot.
3: <laughs> I was thinking like 500 to 700 vulnerabilities, <laughs> but yeah, I think, right, as the exposure grows, as your footprint goes, right? Cloud has changed Cloud. everything. Exactly. Containers, depending on your container image and how rapidly that's being deployed and shut down, that obviously increases your footprint. Taylor, is CISO in, you know, really someone who's Driven a lot of risk programs. But hearing that 50 to 70 million um, vulnerabilities isn't uncommon, what do you look for in making that business decision and, and, and partnering with vendors that, that do this to, to make the best decision?
1: I would want to be able to understand the flow. Where is the data coming from? What, Where is it actually impacting in my business? Is this a critical asset or a component of the critical asset? A lot of times people don't look upstream, they just look downstream. I want that end-to-end mapping. I want that visibility. I need that visibility. I just want it. I need it because it helps to drive those business decisions as you mentioned before. And I feel that there is a lack of that right now. It tends to be very siloed still around vulnerability management and just the impact to one team or one aspect of of a product or company versus that holistic overarching view. And I would
2: love to understand a bit of how Brinka does that. Certainly. The way we really approach this problem statement is there are going to be different asset types. It's not just the different asset types, but the ownership of those assets is also varied, Right? When you're looking at your IT infrastructure, you've already got a process in place. I've got a vulnerability scanner. It's going to identify the vulnerabilities. My IT team is going to fix it. That's not the case with your cloud assets. Now the engineering team or the business unit really becomes the owner of it. What Brinca really allows our customers to do is create this unified framework where you can be tool agnostic and yet build your security programs, risk reduction programs, security posture enhancement programs, completely agnostic of the tools that you are using. So that CISOs like yourself can really build out policy of how do you want to handle risk in the organization, exposure, vulnerabilities, and not worry about how the downstream is really taking, uh, making use of uh, that data set, right? uh, to, uh, creating an orchestration program like this to handle exposure and risk in the organization is what going really to allows our customers to achieve. That's
3: great.
2: Yeah, that's huge, especially with the growing
3: number of tools that are open source tools. I think that being able to be agnostic where, where you're collecting data, where you're able to really take action and, and remediate vulnerabilities, I think that it, it gives you an expanded footprint, just like we have expanded exposure. Quickly identify and respond with the ability to use the tools that you're comfortable with and implement that in the business process way that you've grown to understand. I think those things are probably some of the most important things when you're looking to
2: evaluate business decision and criticality. One thing I wanted to explore a little further on is what you mentioned earlier, transparency and visibility. Many of the modern exposure management programs now are not really focused on ticketing. That really was uh, the scenario in the past where you would generate a list of vulnerabilities, throw it over the fence, hoping that they all get fixed, right? Today, the modern approach really seems to be provide a unified framework and visibility, transparency to everyone, so that business unit owners can actually come to the platform, understand what is really driving the risk in their organization, and really proactively take the measures to go and fix it. Uh, We see less of ticketing these days, more about visibility, transparency, and uh, really risk scoring each business unit or application. That's where I would
1: love to get, is almost that metronome of compliant, non-compliant based on business function. And seeing where they're doing better and how all the other teams can benefit from that process and the enhancement there and then have a unified process across the board. Absolutely
2: important. Cloud really brings in a different dimension to this, right? Uh, Again, when you look at your IT infrastructure, you've got an operating system on an endpoint, you've got your software on that endpoint. Vulnerability scanners are scanning uh, the entire stack right. for identifying the exposure. Now, uh, you know, take that analogy and apply it to the cloud infrastructure. You've got your virtual machines, you've got your containers, but what is the software that is really running in the cloud? It's the custom application that the organization is building. With digital transformation, every industry now is becoming a software industry. Yes. So you've got your custom applications how do you identify the vulnerabilities and exposure in the customer app? That's why you've got to shift left now in application security framework so that you can identify uh, the root cause of when these vulnerabilities are actually introduced in your application. Uh, this really becomes an uh, important topic for our customers to expand the scope of vulnerability and risk management programs, not just in the traditional vulnerability space, but also understand how the application development, the CICD pipelines, are actually being strengthened for security posture. I think some of that falls back to an interesting topic in how
3: developers are being trained too, right? I think that there's a, I think there's a fundamental gap that we, we often overlook, especially as leaders and uh, as people who were previous practitioners who've moved up the ladder a little bit. We know the train of thought during our training, during our upbringing, and we know what we had to work with around us. Whereas today, you've got so many free tools, you've got so many digital resources you've got so many diverse education programs and platforms they're teaching everyone to develop or to code just all of the different ways which is why we have so many unique websites we have so many unique applications so many startups here at rsac in the right. early stage expo so i think the diverse diversity of thought and the diversity of education i think that all comes back to the growing number of vulnerabilities, to be honest. I think that fundamentally we knew that we had to secure in the beginning.
2: True, very true. And it really resonates the message that RSA 23 actually has stronger together. How do you make something stronger together by really interoperating all of these tools? Uh, No one would, I like to draw analogies. So if you look at an organization, think of CRM as a platform. No organization would actually just, uh, uh, you know, hire a bunch of sales folks and, uh, uh, and really uh, think of the CRM platform at some time in future, right? You actually build out your processes on top of a platform like the CRM, right? But Take that analogy in security. In security, most of the times, the starting point really is point solutions. You'll start figuring out, do I have endpoint coverage? Do I have firewall? Do I have network security? Do I have cloud security? without worrying about how these things are gonna be orchestrated as a whole. yes, This is a really missing point today in the industry that security personnels don't really think about orchestration, that is an afterthought. Uh, I think that, that is what we would like to really drive towards. Absolutely, I know that we've been out here for a few minutes, it's a
3: little warm, the winds died down a little yeah. bit, but if there was one thing in the vulnerability management, risk management field, that you could change just one fundamental thing to make life a little bit easier for the CISOs, for the, the
2: executioners, for the practitioners. What's the one thing that you would change to make everybody's life just a little bit easier? It's the centralized aggregated risk graph of an organization that anyone can tap into. The reason why that is so important is in the past CMDB has played that role. But CMDB is only as good as someone manually entering data, right? So what really helps the organization is that unified view in terms of transparency and visibility. Being able to do that across all the asset types, whether it is your IT infrastructure, cloud, application security, as a whole, when we are going to be able to present that information, that's something that allows customers to really take actions in a very targeted way, precise way to reduce the risk. That's the thought I would leave. That's
3: amazing. Uh, Kayla, so hearing that, any, any final thoughts on vulnerability exposure? Anything that, that has your brain ticking as we as start to wind up the RSA conference?
1: There's a lot of threat out there. There's a lot of exposure points. It, it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. And having the correct tools in place and processes to really be transparent. With what You have to be honest with yourself. So you can be honest with everybody else, at the company, to make those important decisions. To be proactive instead of reactive, and I think that's a big, a big theme in this, this space is moving towards, shifting left, moving away from reactive to proactive. When it comes to vulnerability management, it's something you can't ignore. It has to be done. It has to be done correctly.
3: I agree. I, I think for me, one of, one of the biggest things when I've had to manage vulnerabilities or exposure in the past, I, one of the biggest things is and it goes to security culture too. I I often have to become a salesperson to sell a vulnerability back to the business. It's been identified. Now I'm having to sell to management, to leadership, why this is important. So is there anything from your perspective that as executioners and practitioners, that we could be doing better to communicate more effectively with leadership
2: when it does come to exposure and vulnerability management? Uh, uh, absolutely, and we are learning from how our customers manage these vulnerabilities. When they really become, the quantity is unmanageable. What you do is we, we see customers who are really approaching this as trust but verified, Right When vulnerabilities are detected, you provide them with a complete, transparent visibility into it give them 30 days, whatever the SLAs are, to fix those vulnerabilities and only ticket the vulnerabilities that sort of fall out of that. Customers are really taking uh, proactive measures in terms of how do you address the ones that are really risky. Another analogy that I like to draw is we have seen uh, SOC as a threat detection and response tool. It's pretty well understood that you collect all the events, correlate them, identify threats, respond to them. Similar uh, concept does not exist in proactive security. And this is where we like to call it the risk Operation center. Uh, how do you really collect the data okay, so that you can actually create this uh, orchestration platform to close the security gaps so you don't get attacked in the first place? And similar concept of security operation center really needs to be driven and implemented in a proactive world as well. Amazing.
3: Kayla, any final thoughts before we wrap up this RSA soundbite? I think that risk
1: Operation center is probably the best coolest thing I've heard since I've been here. And yes, I'm that much of a nerd. I love that. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah, that makes me really happy to hear that. I'm very much into the proactive. If you see something, raising it, acknowledging it, and doing something about it, whether it's now, or 30, 60 days on the line, or even 180, whatever it works to having a plan to address it. So that risk operation, I love that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I,
3: I think we have <laughs> Kayla's keynote for next year at RSI. That risk operation center. Uh, So really just want to thank you for your time. I know it got a little warm out here and the wind died down, uh, but it's been great spending time with you. Really appreciate the time um, and look forward to seeing you back out on the show for us.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me
3: today. Absolutely. Thank Thank you. you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Locked Down Podcast with Kayla Williams and Taylor Parsons, part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSP Magazine YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine podcast network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit ITSPMagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.